Hello world. Welcome to the Daring World podcast. With your host Frank Mondoze. Thank you for tuning in. Today is November 1st, Dias de la Muerto. And I am in Austin, Texas, fittingly so. And I've decided to take a moment to update you all a bit on um, the process I've been going through for the last, I don't know, six, eight months or so. Uh, as maybe it will serve as inspiration or for those that want to know what the hell is going on with Frank. So here we go. So it was about April 2021. Uh, as you all know, if you follow me, I'm somebody that has been highly vocal about uh, the current state of affairs. For the record, I want to say that I think that every uh, that the thing that's going around is real. And I know people personally that have had the experience of um, going through it and beating it and are currently going through it. And I just want to say I recognize that this is a, a real situation and it's not easy for those that are in it and for those that are immunocompromised. So I want to quick shout out to those people and tell you I, I understand and I feel you and I love you through it. However, this is not only a medical situation, a health situation, but also a big political play. And uh, like I've been saying, that the thing that's going around is more of a controlled Trojan horse. And for those of you that know, don't know what Trojan horse means, it means that uh, something that is misleading individuals uh, to get into a safe space where then they can take advantage of the situation um, and bring in or do something else. And so this ultimately is my position and although i recognize that uh, there are true impacts of it uh, we must be aware not to lose ourselves in the fear and the hype and recognize that politicians would will do what politicians do and that is propagate fear in, in order to gain more power and control so that said, about, uh, you know, it was, it was April 2021, I was in a training and I met a dear one who has um, left uh, Britain, United Kingdom, and come to work as an artist in the USA. This happened a few years ago. And she was telling me about uh, a special visa that exists for what they call special people with extraordinary talents. And she was telling me how I was a great fit for it and that she had a lawyer for me to support me in that journey. So by May, June, I was uh, back in Montreal and just working my butt off while I was in quarantine, the third or the second or third quarantine at the time. 
Uh, I could sp- speak on quarantine and the uh, psychological humiliation tactics um, that uh, play out in regards to uh, the role of quarantine in this situation. And so I worked my butt off and I filled in, I got my uh, full application, which consisted of like a 40-page uh, sponsorship, so I had to find a sponsor, and 12 letters of references from individuals in the United States that vouch for me and want to work with me, and one letter from somebody that has never worked with me, been in the industry with me, knows about me, and can vouch for the fact that I've got these extraordinary talents. And so I applied and waited for six weeks. The application process supposedly takes four to six weeks, and I was a one day before the six-week mark, and I was waiting for... Uh, some word from the government, either a question, a a recognition that uh, they're working on the process or an approval. And um, it was one day before the six-week mark, and that was basically about four, five days before my next training in the United States. And I did not want to attempt to enter the United States without my visa so I was a bit like panicked and unsure and called my lawyer and you know uh, she let me know of the process and some new information that got me like a bit nervous and I was a bit annoyed with the fact that I, I felt like I was missing one piece of information and had I had this one piece of information I may have invested more money to make sure that I got an expedited surface and so on and so forth And so I was annoyed and I was just surrendering to it all. And the next day, literally on the last day, I received my approval, no delays. U.S., uh, the USA, the United States of America approved this guy, this this wild man, this this, uh, rebel with a cause. They approved me and uh, gave me a three-year non-immigrant work visa in which I will be able to work in the United States and uh, pay taxes in the United States, happily so. And uh, yeah, so my visa is what we consider a O-1B visa, which is for uh, individuals with extraordinary talent in the arts and uh, or exceptional um, impact in, get this, television and or movie production. So basically, I have a celebrity um, visa, and rightfully so, because I've done so much of this stuff in the United States, uh, in Canada, and basically has uh, proven through my portfolio of work uh, in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and the rest of the world. So I, in like 48 hours, I finished packing my house because I don't know if I'm going to come back to Canada ever considering the crazy policies that they are putting into place in order to uh, bring forth 
what they unashamedly uh, promote, which is uh, the Great Reset, which has nothing to do with uh, the current state of affairs, but more using the current state of affairs, i.e. the Trojan horse, as a way to uh, change the current system. Like everything will go into QR codes, license plates, um, your financials, bank accounts, um, and I see basically a social credit score system coming in and eventually that what the, the motto of the Great Reset is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy and this is all available was once known as uh, Agenda 21 and now known as the Great Reset so if for those of you that think that this is all conspiracy theory stuff um, you're wrong this is World Economic Forum stuff uh, you could look up the work of uh, Klaus Schwab and his uh, mental view of the world and where he wants to take it and where like some significant key players within um, the G7 governments uh, have all agreed to and are some... Uh, more quietly supporting and others specifically the commonwealth countries such as canada australia and new zealand are starting to speak clearly about a two caste system a uh, one that has gotten the procedure and one that hasn't gotten the procedure and justifying the fact that this is okay and that the dehumanization process of one of the castes um, is totally normal and acceptable which to me is frustrating because uh, for so long and rightfully so we have seen um, governments and powers that be starting to support groups with less representation and power such as the LGBTQ, trans rights, uh, Native American affairs, in the, especially in Canada, um, Black Lives Matter, all these pieces have had great support uh, for our politicians, although I truly, truly believe that it's all face and show and not really... Um, authentic and this is why i call the prime minister of canada a hashtag bad actor because not only was he a horrible drama teacher that uh, did some uh, undescribable things to at least one of his students uh, which is on record he is also a bad actor in terms of a malevolent being and slowly slowly his uh, colors are coming being shown anyways all that to say that you know in 48 hours I packed up my bags and I loaded as much as I could on my motorcycle and I crossed my fingers and I headed towards the southern border not even sure that I would get through because the border uh, was closed to all non-essential uh, travel and I was rolling the dice to see if I would be able to get in with my uh, O-1 visa. And I have to be honest, I even put a post about this on uh, Facebook and regard, you know, even if I was super excited uh, to do this journey, it was a journey that tested my resolve because I was um, 
fearful to do it. I was fearful to leave Canada. I was fearful to not know what's going to be happening with my home. I was fearful in terms of getting on the motorcycle with like a heavy load and doing my first long run journey. I think I must have done like in total uh, up to date before I took this journey, something like 6,000 kilometers on my motorcycle, something maybe like 4,000 uh, miles. And that's my experience of riding. And I just decided to ride into the States because I was in the States for four or five months and I was really feeling... <laughs> Uh, separate from my motorcycle and it, it, my motorcycle is a pl one of the things that brings me mental health and happiness and so I couldn't imagine fathom leaving the country of Canada and leaving my motorcycle behind so I got on it and rode and uh, yeah having fear fear of being on the road alone be fear of possible like bad things that could happen or um, whatever and I did the journey. I did it. I went to the United States border. It took me about 90 minutes there. They processed my entry. And then from uh, that point on, I got in and drove to New York City, actually Brooklyn, where I was reunited with my sponsor, as well as my beloved um, Kauru. We had dinner, some good laughs. And uh, then the next day, Packed up the bike again and rode down to Baltimore where I met with another dear brother named Mitchell and uh, we spent a good evening together. And at that moment I had to decide like do I continue riding all the way to Asheville for the next training or do I leave my motorcycle safely parked in Baltimore uh, because the next two legs, next two days of riding was like, you know, in the unknown, getting hotels and stuff like that. And I had to make this decision and it was, I recognized that, uh, you know, the next day it started raining. I had a, ca a call with my ISTA teams and I wanted to leave earlier, but I had this call and I decided to take the call, and then ride. And so I got on the motorcycle and I was riding for about an hour, half an hour into that ride. It started raining, an hour into that ride, it started raining hard, got off the highway, parked, waited out a bit, and I was just chilling out and then the rain still raining but not as hard and I said let's do this let's 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 make this happen and so I jumped on the motorcycle again and rode and as I was uh, getting on the on-ramp of the highway I actually had an incident I uh, missed my line and comedy of errors mostly because I'm an amateur I uh, lost control of the motorcycle and I basically uh, wiped out. I wiped out and uh, the motorcycle, I chose to uh, find the softest landing that I could. And so I went into the ditch and, uh, you know, tumbled off my motorcycle. It was probably going about 15, 20 miles per hour. So nothing too insane. Uh, and dropped the motorcycle, and uh, when I fell, uh, 
I fell on my right side and felt like, oh, got a punch in the ribs and uh, took a breath and realized that I was okay, lied down for a bit just to catch my breath, caught my breath, felt my body. It didn't feel like anything was broken or <laughs> wasn't broken too badly. And knowing that, you know, if you got broken ribs, there's not much you could do except for, you know, wait it out. And so I had some people come over. They helped my me out of the ditch and the motorcycle out of the ditch. Thankfully, I have uh, engine guards. And so the right side engine guard completely took the impact of the motorcycle falling and protected my engine and my whole motorcycle. Um, the worst thing that happened was um, a significant scratch on one of my saddlebags and um, my front fairing that blocks the wind from hitting my chest actually cracked and broke in half and um, wasn't usable so I left it on the side of the road and um, put the motorcycle up. Another individual that was there had a motorcycle and we inspected the, the bike and all looked good. The motorcycle started up. I have to give significant props to Victory Motorcycles uh, created by Polaris, which are now discontinued. They were discontinued in 2017. Uh, they were built as a competitor to Harley-Davidson. They completely revamped the V-Twin and modernized uh, the look of a custom motorcycle and um, has a an amazing reliable engine that puts sorry for all of the rest of you HD riders that puts HD uh, engines to shame and um, so they uh, operated for 20 years and somewhere around 16 years they also bought the uh, Indian motorcycle brand name, which is a heritage motorcycle. For, as actually, Indian motorcycle is actually the first American motorcycle ever produced in the United States. And uh, Harley-Davidson was the second one. And so that brand did its thing and then went out of business and whatever. So Polaris bought this brand and were producing uh, Victory and Indian at the same time to go off against Harley-Davidson. And what they recognized was that uh, both Indian and Victory were cannibalizing each other and not really making a dent on HD. So got to give props to HD, HD's brand. Uh, we all know the, the depth of that brand. Eventually, they discontinued Victory Motorcycle to invest all their energy in Indian to completely compete against uh, in uh, Harley-Davidson, and that's what's going on right now. And in 2027, Victory Motorcycle uh, Polaris will not be making any more parts for the Victory Motorcycle, but still, this motorcycle has been amazing. And you know, when I dropped the bike, I was fearful that, you know, something would have been broken because to get parts, it takes time. And I was somewhere, I don't know, I was about three and a half hours out of Salem, Virginia, which was my next destination. So we picked up the bike, I felt into my body, took long, deep breaths, felt that my lungs were healthy and good. I felt my ribs were a bit bruised, nothing more. And so I got on the motorcycle. The motorcycle started, of course. It's a reliable, amazing motorcycle. And uh, I got on my way. Jumped on the motorcycle and got on my way. 
three and a half hours, maybe another, maybe 45 minutes in the rain, and, and the rest of the way through the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, I have to say that that was a very, very scary journey because, you know, I was doubting myself, doubting my ability. And so I was riding really cautiously and I felt like I was never going to get there. Yeah, it was quite the journey and the fear was coming up. So this motor, this ride, this these this 20 hour ride over four and a half days type thing uh, felt like a major uh, dance with my internal process and my uh, inner voice and how it plays with me, how I, you know, attempt to silence it, I attempt to create affirmations. But, you know, historically, my position is fearful, anxious, uh, paranoid, you know, in some ways that keeps me safe and in other ways that keeps me small. But this journey was a, a serious journey of really uh, listening to the voices and what wants to happen or what wants to control me. And I really got a taste of my will and my focus and my commitment. And uh, that really played out when I got on the motorcycle and just got back rolling. So I rode on to uh, Salem. What was interesting was, um, you know, on this trip, you know, I feel like I, I came across two angels. One was the man that uh, helped my, me get the motorcycle up and checked out the bike with me. And it was so beautiful to say, like, uh, are you from around here? How far are you away from home? And uh, I just basically said, like, I've got no one. I'm a bit, uh, you know, in the outs. And he basically said, here, take my number. And if you need anything, please feel free to call me and not even hesitate. And so that was um, reassuring because it let me know that I wasn't alone. So that supported me to, you know, relax my fear. And then the second angel that showed up was this other motorcycle rider who was, I don't know if you know motorcycle culture or not, but every time you ride by a, another rider, it's like you give them a peace sign, a nod, a recognition of being a brother on the road. And so this guy has a beautiful bike. I don't know what it was, but he was kind of rolling and he gives me this peace sign and he was dressed in this like fluorescent green wetsuit and the windbreaker and his fluorescent green helmet and i'm like i think this is a sign this guy is telling me to uh follow him or 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 yes green light go and so like i was saying i was driving very cautiously it felt like i was gonna be riding forever and so when i saw this guy i said ride with him it's safer for us to ride in pair than alone and he was moving and so uh basically i picked up my pace and I rode with him and that supported me to really gain more confidence in the ride again. So I got to Salem, Virginia in a, like a roadside hotel kind of thing and got there and started the self-care of firstly crying, crying, allowing my emotions to move and, you know, just allow the uh, experience to move out of my body shake shook my body a lot couldn't do much because you know i did i was having some level of pain did a lot of icing and then like needed a hot bath because i was freezing from the ride 
and uh, you know saw this like hotel dingy dirty bathtub and I'm like I need a hot bath so I gave like a, a once over in the bathtub and just like went from hot bath to icing to hot bath to icing next morning I woke up you know f checked on the bike some more packed again and uh, set out onto the road for another four and a half hour ride and what I didn't realize was how cold it was gonna be and it's funny because I, I brought like warm clothes and stuff for the ride and my ride for, to New York and my ride to Baltimore was so hot and it was like wow I don't need much and so I packed I gave all my heavy bags to the uh, my New York sponsor my bro who is also the organizer of the Ista Blue Ridge training that I was going to and so he took everything and we were going to meet down there. So that morning I wake up, I get on the road and I start riding and it's like ridiculously cold, like something like 45 degrees uh, Fahrenheit or 7 degrees uh, Celsius. And I'm riding and I'm freezing and it's like, wow, I got to do four and a half hours of this. And I did, it just didn't click to me that I would be in the the mountain ranges and uh, the wind, the wind was so impactful and the fact that I didn't have my fairing, that was wild as well. And then after that four and a half hours, I arrived at a dear sister's house in Asheville and there again, I was able to melt and melt and melt and melt. And I was supposed to be at the training uh, that day, but I decided that it, the place was too cozy and it was so loving and nourishing to my heart and body that I stayed. And the next day I did the last two hour ride from the um, Asheville to uh, the highlands in the Blue Ridge Mountains and um, dressed for it well and got there very comfortably and that was like probably the nicest leg of the ride because i was in the mountains and the curves and was just uh, just before i arrived i found this lookout and i parked in the lookout and i looked out and just the whole mission or or journey what it took me to get there and just a, a great amount of um, pride healthy pride for facing my fear and doing the things and so I got to the training did the training and during that time you know brought my heart warrior energy and also was going through a lot of um, personal care and listening to the body and like making sure that the injuries weren't like more serious than I had thought and I was right and uh, the the injuries are feel superficial and so after the training I decided that I was going to Austin Texas to meet up with a couple of dear ones from there I said I couldn't ride another 20 hours and plus I didn't have a lot of time in Austin I have the New Orleans training in a few days uh, so between Austin and New Orleans I was like just hanging out with some friends and so what I decided to do is ship my motorcycle uh, transport my motorcycle from Asheville to Austin and then got to Austin my motorcycle met me a day later and I was feeling so good about my motorcycle it was filthy so I washed it 
And then I was with my friend Becky here, and she's like, take me for a ride. And I took her for a ride. And on the ride, somehow, my electrical system got screwy. I think my uh, something dislodged from under my rear fairing fender. And uh, all the controls that control my turn signals, my horn, my brake light got, you know, mixed up with my uh, wheel. And so there was a short circuit and it took me, you know, about 24, 36 hours with um, trial and error to find, try to figure out what was going on. A fuse kept um, blow, blowing and couldn't tell why. And I'm like, I'm going to have to bring it to a bike shop. Today's the Monday. This happened like on Saturday. Like I don't have to bring it to a bike shop on Monday. There's going to be a new part of focus super annoying and then becky's beautiful beloved boyfriend tim who has experience in electrical and has like interested in this stuff well we worked together for about four hours where we took away apart all the wires and we found where the short was we repaired that we repaired my brake like and so basically we did it all ourselves and the bike is now repaired and it's running well and it's feeling good so i am now um messaging you from my departure from austin texas and preparing to head out to new orleans and i haven't decided if i'm gonna ride or leave the motorcycle here there's so much happening and the major thing that is now on my heart and on my mind is the fact that I am a non-immigrant and the minute I leave the United States I will not be allowed to fly back into it because we would have to be um, jabbed and I am not and so now the question is um, can I leave the United States? Will I be able to get in through uh, the borders, at least the land borders? And I'm saying, of course I would have to be able to get through the southern land borders. There are a bunch of caravans of refugees just pouring in with no tests and no vaccines thanks to the current administration. So I'm like, well, maybe worst case scenario, I just could throw myself in there with them and then just show them my O-1 visa and say, let me in mofos, let me in. So that's where I am right now. So take, uh, if you can and will send me some healing love so that my uh, the rest of my ribs can um, feel better and uh, that I can continue doing my work by going in and out of this country. I am willing to live with the decisions of my choices, including if that means staying in the United States for uh, three years or up to three years uh, with my visa and not traveling, although that would break my heart, and uh, especially that I have a desire to build uh, and buy property in Costa Rica is that that is the next chapter of the journey for this spiritual playboy and so on that note I'm just going to remind you that you could uh, check out uh, a visual journey 
of my drive from Montreal to Asheville on thespiritualplayboy.com. You could find my YouTube web series that's happening now. And last week, I um, filmed a bit of my time here in Austin uh, with my motorcycle repairs. So I know that this is not the most uh, spiritual or uh, educating content sometimes, but it is um, the content of my life. And, you know, when I set out on the spiritual playboy journey, the idea was to uh, offer a window into one man's journey of... um, discovery of love and ecstasy and this so this is what i continue to offer uh both here on spiritual playboy and the daring world podcast oh yeah good news soon loveandarrows.com will be launched and on love and arrows the first course that will be coming out is love without limit it's a powerful course. It has original content. It's content that has come through me and I've put it together. It's based on my relationships and, uh, you know, the dead ends and the pitfalls and the toxicity um, of the relationships that I have uh, been through and what I have learned in those relationships and how to navigate loving without limit so that we are not um, dramatically pulled into different uh, dramas uh, due to not feeling secure or not being in love. So it's a really amazing content. And then from there on will be uh, what was supposed to be my original course to come out on Love and Arrows, which would be Love and Arrows Fundamentals and a whole lot more. I've done a lot of talking. I appreciate you listening till the end, those of you who have made it here. And I want to tell you that I love you. You inspire me. And um, thank you for watching. And remember, let love free because it's the only way we'll ever change anything. Peace. Mwah.